0: Unlike other auth providers you can use the session recipe without actually using super tokens for logging in you could have your own login system and the user id that you have from your system you could pass that to the session create a session function and that would work with that user id
1: Hi there, and welcome to PodRocket. I'm your host, Paul. And today we're joined with Rashab and Addy. These guys are the founders of SuperTokens. Addy is the CEO and Rashab's is the CTO. And we're going to be talking about authentication, kind of bringing this out of the bubble that we feel like we've been stuck in with Superbase Auth or maybe Auth0. And how can we bring these other solutions to the landscape of our microservice architectures? Welcome to the podcast, guys.
2: Thank you so much for having us. Great to be
1: here. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming on and taking the time. So, quick elevator speech of what your product is. We're talking about self-hosted authentication, right? Would you extend that little definition to be anything more for that one little sentence when you intro to people?
2: Yeah, sure. So, Super Tokens is open source user authentication. Um, Essentially, what we try to do is we try to solve the build versus buy trade-offs with typical, um, you know, software decisions, right? So, you get the power of build with the speed of buy. Um, so that's, it's not only self-hosted, it can be, we also have a managed service.
1: So when you say the speed
2: of buy, but what was the other? Power of build. The power of build. So the, the so power of build means, so when you build software, you get a lot of control over the way it works, right? It's completely to your use case. So you can, um, you control and manage the user data. You don't have to wait for the vendor to build a particular feature. You can build it and launch it yourself. You can customize any part of the product. Um, So that's like the control that that or the power that build gives you. Whereas like if you buy software, it's off the shelf and it's very quick, right? So we want to basically instead of you having to make those trade-offs, we want to give you the best of both worlds.
1: So what's maybe an example of something that I would want as a build flexibility or feature that maybe isn't present in like Firebase or Auth0 that you guys immediately identified and wanted to bring to the table?
2: For example, the front-end user experience, right? So on Odd Zero, um, the UI is hosted on their domain, right? So you, your user gets redirected to their domain and then signs up there and then gets redirected back to your app. With SuperTokens, the UI is hosted completely natively on yourdomain.com, so you have complete control of the way it works, the way it looks, the end user experience. Um, similarly, there's like you know there's like multiple customizations. Like if you want to add any business logic to your users, it's a lot easier to do with sort of our architecture. Um, So for example, let's say you want to limit the number of sessions that a user has. Let's say you're building a streaming app and you want the user to only have one session, uh, one active session at any point of time. That's pretty easy to do with something like Super Tokens.
1: Is that something that's traditionally more difficult to do with a Firebase or Auth0 implementation? I just have never tackled something like that in my experience.
2: Yeah, so so generally like, you know, stay shy of like generalizing too much. But but yes, because so our architecture is, is fundamentally different from the all the other authentication providers so you know we have like a lot of the logic resides within your front end and within your back end api layer so because it's like within your front end and back end it's a lot easier to, like it's you can customize so let's say your back ends your apis are written in node golang python super tokens will give you like an sdk for that language which can take, consists of like all the um, auth logic so you can make those changes within your uh, API layer, as opposed to like, for example, with OddZero, 0 you'd have to go to their dashboard and upload JavaScript snippets onto their web editor, um, into what they call like, you know, odd 0 actions.
1: Is the way that you would interact with this via the SDK, something like a plugin base or component based sort of architecture when you want to add these bubbles of custom logic into the backend code?
0: Well, it's, it's more, more like inheritance. So, um, you know the backend SDK exposes it has a middleware function which exposes all the APIs which the frontend can call. So for example, sign out, sign in, uh, session refresh, all of these are uh, APIs exposed by the backend SDK, and um, and they have a default implementation to them, right? So you don't really have to implement anything specifically other than just add the middleware to your app. Um, and when you want to customize any of these APIs, uh, you can create uh, like a child function, similar to, you know, how in inheritance you have a parent class and you create a child class that inherits from the parent. Um, similarly, you create like a child implementation of these APIs, which can, you know, either do something completely custom or do something before and then call sort of the super class uh, version of of those APIs and then do something after based on the output of the super class. So... Um, That's kind of how it's architected. It's based on this feature called Overrides, which is inspired by inheritance.
1: Right on. That really answered my question completely and thoroughly. So do you, I mean, like if if you have users able to kind of get a a magnifying glass, a sight into what's happening with these backend processes and, and edit them themselves, this is a new way for, this is a new tool sort of that we're giving developers out there that might not have reached into the mud themselves do you think that your product is going to give way to like interesting new authentication like power structures in the way because you mentioned for example oh i only want this user to log in with this restriction Um, i'm thinking about like we're in the day and age of blockchain when we're talking about how do we organize as people how do we like authenticate people which you know it's not totally related, but I'm thinking somebody might come up with some interesting gamified ways to log in, like ways that I've never thought about interacting with an application. Are you guys hoping to see that? Have you already seen that?
0: Yeah. So um, due to the way we've architected, uh, you architected, know, the way people can customize super tokens, you can essentially create plugins on top of our default implementation, which allow you to do um, more than what would otherwise be possible. So, one example of what we've done is uh, there's a database called DB which um, issues tokens specific to the logged in user. And when you query DB with that token, it returns only the rows that that user has access to. Um, so, the way the token is managed and its lifecycle is something that can be added on top of super tokens uh, so that developers using super tokens and FaunaDB. Uh, don't have to do the hard work of actually getting like the fauna DB token and refreshing it and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of coupled with the session creation and refreshing of super tokens, and it's implemented as a plugin on top of super tokens, which overrides the create new session function or the refresh session function and the sign out function. And all that the developer, all that the end user has to do is just add that plugin into their uh, super tokens init function call on the end. and you know, provide the phone db credentials and you're done.
1: So, so if I may, could, could I, it sounds like you really made um, an API to this like substantive, a, this substantial application that allows you to just interact with this abstract idea of a token in any way that I could conceive possible. Yeah. That is, that's banger. Okay. So if, if I had like a database, if I had a Raspberry Pi in like, the general idea of a token here, you're really... Try- are you trying to abstract the idea and the utility of a token to any domain? Is that the goal of Super Tokens?
0: Well, that's one of the parts of Super Tokens, specifically the session management part. Uh, using that, you can um, sort of transfer any authenticated information um, across the backend and front-end for an authenticated user. Um So for example, you could store a FaunaDB token, you could store a Superbase token, you could store like really like Google Access token, really any sort of token that you want or or any other information as well, like the user roles and all of those things uh, in the session fairly easily and read them on the front end and back end without worrying about um, keeping them up to date and refreshing them, um, things like that. So that's like specific to the session features of Supertokens. Then we also have other know other recipes is what we call them for different types of login methods. So for example, we have an email password login method, like a social or enterprise SSO login method, uh passwordless login method, we have user roles and we have um machine to machine authentication. And all of these are architected in a similar way where you can inject your own logic through overrides um, on any of these recipes and you know customize how how the default behavior customize the default behavior the the other very important part about these recipes is that they are fairly independent so unlike other auth providers you can use the session recipe without actually using super tokens for logging in so uh you could have like your own login system and the user id that you have from your system you could pass that to the session create new session function and, and that would work with that user ID. Even though Super Tokens doesn't know about that particular user ID from before, it would it still work. So these recipes are modularized and independent as well.
1: So in the example of the passwordless login, um, maybe could we go over an example deployment of how somebody might have Super Tokens for their own group and how which systems might talk to one another because when i hear passwordless deployment i'm hearing well there's going to be some api endpoint that's going to have a link and a callback for somebody to click on you know if i'm hosting that versus some other provider i'm exposing myself to things such as like uh, ddos or other weaknesses in the protocol so do you guys have extra security measures for for these recipes that come up or are they more just like connectors and just getting the thing to work?
0: Um, so we have sort of a balance between the two. So let me sort of just take you through the flow of passwordless login, right? So we have a front-end SDK, which provides the UI and those are just react components that you can put into your app. Um, and when, for example, like the, you know, let's talk magic links, for example, uh, when the user enters the email and, and hits the you know sign-in button um, on the React component, that calls an API exposed by the backend SDK, um, which is to create a passwordless code. That API then uh, sort of talks to uh, the super token microservice, which is connected to your database, to generate a passwordless code for that email and uh, send the email out to the user. Now, the sending of the email is something that happens within the backend SDK, uh, which allows developers to customize how the email is sent uh, and what is sent. Uh, so we have default implementations that sends email using our servers, but you can sort of provide your own SMTP config or you can just provide a callback for completely sending emails however you like. Um, and once the email gets sent with the link, when the user clicks on it, it opens the browser. And that's, uh, for Magic Links, that's sort of a tricky... Uh, a- area because you know the browser could be uh, either the original browser in which the um, login attempt was first done, or it could be a completely different browser. Um, so if it's like the original browser, for example, then then it's all is good, and you know we just log in the user, and uh, we we sort of consume the code, um, and and if the code is valid, then we log in the user, uh, and if it's uh, a different browser, then we have a prompt on the browser saying, you know, you want to log in as this user. Uh, if, if yes, click on continue. And then when the user clicks on that, then they get logged in. And the reason for this extra step, like extra user interaction, is because if you didn't have this, then email clients could, for example, uh, cons- like open the magic links and consume the token, thereby rendering them useless. Um, so this extra step is to prevent that. And and this is one of the edge cases or, you know, security f- features that we have, Um, of course, there are many more, but this is like a simple example, Um, you mentioned DDoS. So that's something that is done on the managed server side uh, for the super token score, but on the backend API layer, which, uh, you know, where the backend SDK sits, that's something that we let, uh, you know, that's that's like your own API layer. So you need to protect your API layer for DDoS anyway, if you're at that scale um and and whatever you do there would work for the super token apis as well
1: right of course okay so thanks for bringing us through that example flow and if for any of these recipes that you deploy um the way that these systems might interact of course it's going to change with the way the recipe orchestrates the system right
0: um yes
1: like which system talks to which which system, and such. And so, if you don't want to think too much about managing one of your own deployments of the core API, you said you have a managed service, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, the managed service essentially is is where we de- where we deploy a super call for you, connected to a database. Um, so all you have to do is integrate our backend SDK on your API layer, integrate our frontend SDK eh, on your website or mobile app, and and then the core is sort of handed by us.
1: So that sounds like the closest sort of analog to what a lot of developers might be used to if they're looking for a backend as a service plugin that has to do with authentication. We're thinking about Firebase or, or something like that. Um, you can just, and you take care of the database, you take care of the core API, you sign up, and then you can tool the backend APIs and SDKs as needed, right? Yes. Okay, great. And... I mean, if anybody watching wants to compare the the super tokens solution to another solution, we, you know, at PodRocket, we also have a episode with Supabase. Um, They also kind of try to gear themselves towards an open source solution. They have an authentication piece, which is which is part of their like back as a service stuff. Um, But they don't have yeah definitely go check out that rec- uh, that um excuse me that episode if you want to learn more about the super based products um but one thing that I think they might be missing that you guys are bringing to the table here is this yeah the whole recipe situation um personally when i'm ever I'm trying to do authentication, I always find myself trying to battle and pigeonhole myself into an existing solution versus and like tooling around that versus just it'd be nice to go into a library and pick a book off the shelf and have it do exactly what I need, which is passwordless authentication and just forget about it. Um, what do you think is the most, um, I want to say, approachable or most familiar recipe, or is it even a recipe for people first trying to, wanting to try out Super Tokens?
2: Yeah, I would say, I would say, so the 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 easiest way to like get started with Super Tokens is to run like the CLI that we have um so it does ask you which recipe you're looking for um but you could just get started with like let's say email password or pretty much any recipe and then it would give you like the demo app of that particular recipe and it'll show you how everything works um in general we mostly like we see a pretty um even distribution across all the different login methods so between email password passwordless social login um it's generally like an even distribution so there's nothing one that's like like clearly, clearly the winner, but probably email password if I had to say one.
1: Right, okay. Do you think that the the distribution, you say it's pretty common or are pretty equal across the different methods, is it that each group or company is equally employing a common base set of methods or is it one company and group will typically stick to one and then another will do another one and it just happens to even out over... The people who are using it,
2: yeah, it's more the latter. Um, but ha- so, just one quick clarification here is we also allow you to combine things. So you like you can also have social login plus passwordless, right? And you can also have social login plus email password. Um, so so that also happens quite often. Um, but yeah, mostly you'll see like one company picking like passwordless, and then another company saying no, we don't want passwordless. We we want specifically email password.
1: Gotcha. And yeah, if you can have multiple methods, I I mean, that that's crucial, right? If you want to have, because I assume if you have super tokens and you know how to use it and your developers are used to it, you might as well use it for other internal systems and other internal logins and internal logins are always different than what your application is sporting. So uh, that's great to hear that you can really extend yourself and the, the core can be flexible to support as many use cases as is needed. Um, so I feel like we've talked a lot about the What you guys have to offer as a product, Um, I'm sure there's a lot more we could go over and definitely interrupt me if there's something you want to bring up, but I'd love to talk really briefly about how you guys started this thing, because I feel like there's a lot of different um, open source sort of, oh, we're a back end as a service things coming up, but this one is really like disruptive to the existing solutions out there. So how did you start it? How long ago did you start it? Did you guys start it together?
2: Yeah, we started together. We've actually been working on a previous startup before this together as well. Um, so that's that's sort of like mine and Rishabh's personal journey is that we were working together for a previous startup. Um, and then for that startup, we sort of, you know, had to build sort of the session management layer. The session management layer, in our opinion, wasn't well solved at the time. Um, there were a lot of security vulnerabilities. Um, there were a lot of like th- things that people didn't understand completely. Um, or like, you know, misunderstood. For example, there was a lot of debate around local storage versus HTTP-only cookies. So we sort of like built like a pretty secure way of handling sessions. We wrote like a blog post about this proposed solution. And that blog posts are sort of like went viral and did really well. And people from all over the world started reaching out about like, you know, implementing that kind of a flow. Um, and then, so that's like the initial, like way we got into the space. Like, I mean, you know, Docker, Facebook, a bunch of like the biggest companies had all had session vulnerabilities in the preceding six months. Um, so, so yeah, so that's how we started. And then, you know, one thing led to another, we got into Y Combinator, which is like this leading accelerator. Um, and then, yeah, and that's sort of how we got into the space.
1: Do you think that the issues with the session layer sort of helped propel you into the position that you're in now to really cause people to raise an eyebrow and go like, oh, wow, these guys, they really solved the problem that we, We've been kind of like tech debting away for a while.
2: Yeah, it definitely helped, right? It definitely helped. So one of the things we wrote, so initially we only did sessions. The move into authentication was driven by insights on the problem statement being much bigger than just that. Um, so we understood, like you know, again talking about like the typical user research, right? We did a lot of it, and we understood that there were, there were multiple there were multiple problem statements. Um, But yeah, Sessions was like a good, like, again, another important product differentiator for us. Um, For some people, it obviously matters uh, a lot, but it doesn't matter as much for everyone. So it depends. It sort of depends on the slice of the customer you're referring to. For those, yeah, Session is pretty important.
1: So when you were going out to doing this initial customer research, who were you talking to as well? Cause I feel like everybody needs authentication. It doesn't even need to be an app team. Like somebody could be like I alluded to earlier, somebody could be working on a raspberry PI and need to authenticate like another node <laughs> into a cluster or something. God knows what. So yeah. Who did you talk to and why did you, did
2: you really try to be diverse? Did you try to reach out to different layers of the stack? So the majority of people we spoke to were essentially people like us, right? So people, early stage startups, like, you know, people building companies that wanted to build that company for scale, right? That everyone that had ambitions of like, you know, becoming like unicorns. So early stage companies that wanted to become unicorns was like our core area of focus. Um, Like, so yeah, early stage startups. And then just to validate like the long-term sort of thesis here, um, we also did talk to like mid-market and enterprise customers. Just to sort of understand what authentication are they using, you know, what are the pain points? Does what we're thinking about the early stage scale well? As we as the company matures, obviously we will be going up market. So is, does this like hypothesis work well from a five to ten year point of view? So we did we validated with the larger companies, but like the focus area was building something that companies like us would use.
1: Right on. And so speaking of this long term plan, do you guys see yourselves eventually being competitors to the more easy going, uh, I don't want to say easy going, the easy to reach to uh, authentication methods that people just see in every YouTube tutorial out there. Do you want to be on that list of like GCP products that you can plug into your stack eventually, or trying to keep it small, trying to keep it a little more towards this, type of customer that we're talking about right now.
2: Yeah. The goal is like, like unambiguously, like to be like the number one authentication provider. Um, So we should be the default for anyone that wants to add authentication to their app. Um, So which is why like sort of the vision of like, you know, solving this build versus buy trade-off, right? Because so many people still build authentication for various reasons because they don't want to implement like, like, you know, they don't want to be locked into a vendor and they don't want to use the SaaS. They want to control their own user data. All of that, right? So there's like multiple reasons why you so so there's still like a very large percentage of people that build. Um, so we sort of wanted to give those pe- like bring those people sort of into the fold as well and give everybody an option where you can still maintain all of those benefits without giving up those trade offs. So so yeah, the goal is definitely to be the number one and and I mean we haven't spoken about this too much, but the the ease of using super tokens, the experience of using super tokens is also really important. Like we want it to be super easy to set up and get you uh, and use right like. As easy as using a library, effectively, like an open source library.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're we're running a little bit up on time here. So let's like start to move into this last part, which is like we wanna tell people how they can get started. we did allude to it, like you said, Addy, here or there, but it, it's very easy to get started, right? This is open source. You can go on GitHub. If people just Google like GitHub super tokens, it'll probably pop up, right?
2: Correct. So that's the setup for the car. Um yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super easy to get started. Like, so the CLI, right And the C with the CLI, you can get started in under five minutes, but even if you don't do that, even if you follow like the quick setup that we have in the docs, um, our goal is for you to be able to finish that in under an hour. And a lot of people do that in 20 to 30 minutes.
1: And that initial setup, is it sort of having that, whatever the most common password email authentication up and running with a core deployment? Correct. Awesome. So you could get password email authentication, on an open source code base, plugins, well, I guess uh, you folks call them recipes, right? Recipe based already in 20 to 30 minutes. And in general, the goal is to get everybody in under an hour.
2: Yeah. And And the whole goal of this sort of this CLI tool that we have is to make that five minutes. Right, And again, the goal is always to like make it easier and easier, less terms that you need to understand, less steps that you need to do. So even last week, we removed one more step from the implementation process. So we're constantly working on even reducing that time for them.
1: Are there any languages that you haven't tackled yet with the SDK or tooling that people are looking at?
2: Yeah, I mean, so, so, um, so both in the front end and back end side, yes. On the back end side, for example, we support Node, Golang and Python, like all the Python frameworks. But we don't support, for example, Java, we don't support PHP and Laravel, um, which are like sort of common requests. And then on the front end side, you know, we have pre-built UI, like we give you UI components for React only. So if you're using Angular view, you can still use us. We still handle all the like communicate, like managing of the tokens and all of those things. We expose like helper functions, but we don't actually give you the UI for Angular and view. Right. So that's, again, something that we'd, we'd, we'd be working on.
1: So you got the logic, but not the the actual styling and phenotype to make it pop up. Okay, but at least the logic's there. So if you had it and you really want to use it, you can. It's It'll probably still be less building <laughs> than doing it by yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and you can even just inject a uh, React library into your Angular app, and we have guides for that. So you can actually use the React components as well.
1: Oh, right, you can essentially like transpose them on the fly, right? little connector here.
0: Yeah, and that works for you as well. So just inject awesome. React and a React SDK on that one route, like the slash auth route, for example, and that will sort of give you the entire UI. Uh, and it, it React would only run on that particular route, no other route. So you get like the prebuilt UI as well as the optimized bundle size. So that works out.
1: And uh, just to direct people, so the docs, we keep bringing up the docs, this is on the super tokens website. Um, which is uh, supertokens.com, correct? Correct. Awesome. So if you want to go read the docs, find out more, head over to supertokens.com. And uh, thank you for your time, guys, for coming on, talking about this, talking about authentication. I definitely feel like it's one of those things that as most developers go through their career, you don't touch much because it kind of is a one-and-done type of thing. Um, so having these low hanging fruits for people to look at recipes is, you know, hopefully it can be an educational path forward for people as well to learn about, well, how does OAuth actually work? How do magic links actually work? Um, and I, cause I assume a lot of the recipes are open source as well. We can go look at them, right?
2: hundred percent of what we've built so far is all open source.
1: That's, that's beautiful. That's the way that we should all be moving with development. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing that. And thank you for your time, guys.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Paul.
0: Thank you.